0: to a Texan's view of the world with your host Jeb Bashaw. Well, good afternoon and welcome to my podcast, A Texan's View of the World. And as the introduction said, I'm your host Jeb Bashaw. It's the Friday before July 4th and it is hot. Well, and that means summer is here in South Texas in all its glory. You know, years ago, when I was a young man, I was hired by Merrill Lynch and sent to their training program in New York City. My boss, a great man named Bob Moussey, the only Lebanese guy I ever met from Gladewater, Texas, told me to be careful when walking around Manhattan. I thought he was talking about the crime, but he said, you know, in the summer, it's so hot, you can actually see the steam rising off of the dog poop. 39 years later, that image still sticks with me, so be careful this summer. In the last almost 40 years, my job has taken me all over the world, from Brownsville, Texas, to Washington, D.C., from the Thousand Islands in upstate New York to Rome, Italy, from McAllen to Monaco. And 99% of the time, it's been a heck of a lot of fun. I like to travel. I really do. And fortunately, I'm married to someone who likes to travel as well, which makes it even more enjoyable. And as we joke with our friends, if you invite us, we will come. So don't be nice. If you ask us, we're probably coming. So my podcast today is about travel. It's all about also about being older and wiser. It's also about how the world has changed. And it's also loosely titled why I love Southwest Airlines. So let's get started. This week, I was invited to a conference in San Diego. I love San Diego. I've probably been 20 times in my life, and it's always a great place any time of year. In June, it's what the locals refer to as June gloom. Apparently, it's the one month a year where the temperature varies for more than three degrees from its typical 70 to 73, and it varies from 55 degrees to 75 degrees during this famous June gloom. In June gloom, each morning it wakes up with a little bit of fog and overcast, but by 10 a.m. it's burned off to a beautiful day, and I love it. I love it for two reasons. One, when I left Texas to go to San Diego last week, it was 110 degrees here in the shade, and when I landed in San Diego, it was close to 63 degrees. Secondly, those, quote, gloomy mornings are a great time to sit on your hotel balcony with a cup of coffee and meditate and get ready for what will ultimately be a glorious day. So yes, I love San Diego. So I'm planning my trip when I'm going somewhere. I like to get going. After 40 years of travel, I can tell you the best flight of the day is always the first flight of the day. Everyone brings their A-game. Bag handlers, pilots, flight attendants, the valet in the parking lot. People are ready to go to work. And frankly, as the day goes on, it goes downhill after that. So Laurel and I love to catch the early flights. Well, this time I had booked a 5.55 a.m. departure. Now, as I turn 60 this year, I won't say I'm slowing down, but I will say... I prefer not to be so hurried, particularly in the mornings. So after discussions with Laurel, we decided to call an audible, and rather than going out at 5.55 a.m., we would go out the previous afternoon at a reasonable time, land, and have a delightful dinner. While it added a small expense, it beat the, quote, excitement, dare I say, of a 4 a.m. wake-up call and a mad dash to the airport at 4.30. Everything went according to Hoyle, and it was a stress-free trip. The following day, two of my colleagues, one much younger and the other slightly younger, had decided to come to the same conference and to do a one-day turnaround to San Diego. For those of you that saw the movie Blazing Saddles, I'm going to do my Gene Wilder head shake here saying, oh, dearie, dearie, I knew this was a bad idea. And one of the nicest things about being older and wiser is it's like being Creskin. You can see things happen before it happens. Let me break down the scenario for you. One of my colleagues lives in Clear Lake, which, if you're not familiar with Houston, is about 15 minutes from our southern airport, Hobby Airport. The other lives on the west side of Houston, which is about 40 miles away from Hobby Airport. You're probably thinking, why are you sharing this information with us, Jeb? Well, I'll tell you why. Because the colleague who lives in Clear Lake is about one and a half hours from our northern airport, and the one on the west side is about 50 minutes away. Why I'm sharing this intel is that these two, one a graduate of Princeton and one from the Great School of Louisiana State, each chose to go to the farthest airport. In fact, the one in Clear Lake had to drive by the closer airport. So travel rule number one, don't drive by a perfectly good airport to get to an inferior airport. Why inferior, you ask? Because in this instance, the farther airport is undergoing almost $2 billion in renovations, rendering the airport, parking, and ground transportation a virtual nightmare to get in and out of. Back to my story. Did I mention that I had gone out a day early and it was paid for by my host? Not sure why you would cram a trip in and then drive by a perfectly good airport, but that's where their trouble began. Now, for further background, I'm a native Houstonian. I grew up and survived Texas Air, Continental, People's Express, Freedom Express, all the other airlines. And I got to tell you, I love the old Continental and its people many of whom are still with its success, are United Airlines. But United, not so much. I've heard that their working motto is, we aren't happy until you're not happy. So when I do fly them, it's to very specific markets, Denver, Wyoming, Montana, Florida. The challenge is that even to those markets, they only go once, maybe twice a day. And Southwest, on the other hand, doesn't go to a market where they don't have at least four to five daily trips. So for me, I like to play the odds. If I'm going to miss for any reason, my fault, their fault, I need a fallback plan. And to most markets, like San Diego, there isn't one for United. So the two clever lads I work with had their flight delayed, then delayed, then delayed, then delayed, then eventually it took off, causing them to miss almost half the conference. Upon waking up the next morning, they were informed that their return flight had been canceled entirely, and they would be placed on the same flight, albeit a day later. Now. I wish I had their freedom of schedule, but I don't. When I need to be somewhere, I need to be somewhere. And with the exception of flying private, Southwest has always been my best bet. Before I tell you all the things I like about Southwest Airlines, let me rebut some of the criticism I've heard. First, it's a cattle car. Well, that's dated. Like calling the University of Houston Cougar High. But some things are hard to relearn, particularly from my friends from the University of Texas. So let me break it down for you. All airlines are cattle cars except for the Emirates, and that's like flying private, I'm told. Only my kids are rich enough to fly Emirates. Two, the seats are newer and wider than the United States, and they recline even better. Pro tip, if you're flying southwest, upgrade to position A1 through 15 and race to the two seats on the right. You will now have your own row. Thirdly, the flights are always full. Yeah, no kidding. That's because they're always on time. Everyone else has figured this out. But so is every other airline. This is the hangover effect from the pandemic. Everyone is flying. And fourth, I like having an assigned seat. Well, my question of that is why. It's not like you actually get to pick the seat in real time. They actually pick it for you. On Southwest, you get to pick your seat in real time. That's what I do. At least on Southwest, you get to see who you're sitting next to and choose sit to, and choose to sit next to them or not. As an aside, years ago. My friend had the unfortunate luck of sitting directly across from a cross-dresser. That's what we called weirdos before they became transsexuals, kind of like when we called the homeless hobos. Same stuff, different day. Anyway, this was when the Southwest had seats in the back seat that faced each other. My friend got the very last seat, and there he sat directly across on the New Orleans to Houston flight from a cross-dressing male in combat boots, a kilt, a tank top, and fishnet hose. The Southwest Airlines flight attendant looked at my friend, looked at who he was sitting across from, looked at my friend again and said, sir, all of your drinks today are on Southwest Airlines. So let me tell you why I love Southwest Airlines. First, they always get me where I'm going on time, except for weather. The pilots and crew are professional and funny. The pilots look like they may have flown before, and that's always a good sign. And they're courteous and professional. I personally know a couple and they actually love what they do. The flight attendants are funny in their safety presentations and obviously enjoy what they do. Secondly, they're not the cheapest. That's an old wives' tale. But I would rather overpay on Southwest to ensure I'm getting somewhere on time than to save money with, say, Spirit Airlines. My hassle factor is not worth the money saved. But here's the best part. If If you do need to move flights, most times there's no charge. How wonderful is that? That's because they know what you know. Better to put one more person on a flight with an empty seat than to gouge someone and make them mad. Everyone knows the cost to fly the plane is essentially the same, whether 125 people are going or there's 126 people going. Next, the planes are really nice. Southwest has over 900 aircraft, and many are almost brand new. Here's the best part. They're all the same. Southwest flies the Boeing 737, and that's it. That's why you never hear what you do with other airlines about getting the, quote, right crew. Other airlines have several different aircraft on their fleets, and sometimes the pilots are only flight rated in one or the other. All Southwest pilots can fly every damn airplane without exception in the fleet that they have. Next to the meals. Here's another pro tip. If you want a meal, go to a restaurant. I don't care that they only serve peanuts. In fact, I wish they would ban passengers from bringing on their own food. It smells like a halal shop when everyone's able to bring their own foods. I don't think Southwest has one flight that's more than five hours, and that's from L.A. to Hawaii. So you mean to tell me that someone can't wait five hours for a meal? No wonder we live in the most obese society in the history of mankind. And by the way, that's why their flights are on time and enjoyable. They aren't explaining the nuances of chicken versus beef or bacon and eggs versus oatmeal. They're just flying in an airplane. And finally, the luggage. Southwest always allows two check pieces, no upcharge fee. My wife and I can check our luggage and our golf clubs for no charge. We take a personal bag to the plane and have a delightful trip. I wish they made more people check luggage. The boarding process would speed up by 30 minutes. Here's another pro tip. If you can't lift your luggage into the overhead rack, you should have checked it or packed lighter. Don't look at me for any help. I already have a part-time unpaid job checking out my groceries at Kroger, and my other purchases at Walmart. I cannot afford to be a skycap for you as well. So I'll end with my pro tips AKA rant for the airlines and their passengers, particularly Southwest. First, when booking, ask the passenger if they ever flown southwest. If they haven't, require them to watch a video on baggage, boarding, and meals. I'm happy to do the video for them. In short, we board by numbers A one through sixty, B one through sixty, and C one through sixty. If you're B twenty seven, Don't stand in line until all the A's are boarded. This will help everyone board faster. Second, there's no meal. You get salty nuts and crackers. That's it. This isn't the Culinary Institute of America. Move on with your life. Third, pack lighter check. If you're boarding past the C-10, let me give you a pro tip. There is no space for your luggage, period, end of story, on that airplane in the luggage racks. You're too late, sport. Don't walk up and down the aisle delaying the flight thinking some magic is about to happen. And if you are in aisle five, don't put your luggage back at aisle eight and expect everyone to wait for you to come back and get your luggage. Sit the F down until everyone else is deplaned, jackass. Oh, I'm sorry. Anyway, and by the way, a carry-on and a small item means shocker alert, a carry-on and a small item. Unless you're on maneuvers with the military with orders to report to the battle lines in less than 24 hours, Don't pack an 8-foot duffel bag and a carry-on mountain-climbing backpack. And no dogs either, or cats, or pythons. Next tip. Airlines, particularly Southwest, should board from the back, period. Not sure how we can turn those gangplanks around at the airport, but there is a back-back door in the airplane, so we ought to use it. This will speed up boarding by 30 minutes as folks race from the back to the front. And here's my tip to passengers. Get dressed like you're going to Catholic Church. We're Episcopalian church, even better. Nothing fancy like the Baptists or Episcopalians, just slacks and a golf shirt. Not like you've been dumpster diving at Bucky's. By the way, anything that says Bucky's on it, t shirt, muscle shirt, pajama pants, are not allowed. Ditto Lululemon. You're not going to sleep or work out. You're boarding an airplane. Things that are not okay to wear, anything which shows your toes, no flip flops, slides, those bullshit water shoes that dads wear. Put on sneakers or dress shoes. Or boots. Oh, and if you can't do that, wash your damn feet. It's gross. And no hoodies either. You look like the Unabomber. Dress nice. I want you to think about it this way If the plane crashes and you die and your family has to come identify your body, do you want to be seen in an iZod and khakis or a Bucky's tank top or a shirt that says, I'm with stupid? Of course not. Think of your future grieving family when dressing for your airplane flight. Okay. Here another lesson, I like Southwest Airlines, and until I win the lottery, I'm going to keep flying it. Good, they are good stewards of the customer experience, and since Tom Bodet leaves the light on for you, you should know Southwest Airlines will get you there on time. And for that kid that called me a boomer last week for flying Southwest Airlines, I know where you live. Thanks for listening in. This is Jeb Bashall reminding you that yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, and today is a gift from God, which is why we call it the present. Whether flying, driving, or sailing this summer, be kind to one another and stay out of homemade submarines.